Hello, everyone, and welcome to Catacomb Theology, a podcast exploring all manners of Christianity as it relates to the church and world of today, as well as how it is related to the church and world of the past. I am your host, Jaden Castile, and um, forgive me for my, uh, if there's some noise in the background, I have a dog who is very upset that she has to be in the back (laughs) right now. but today's topic is going to be on denominations, <clears throat> uh, mainly because we have the catacomb is really big on uh, the incorporation of a lot of denominations, multi-denominations. Um, however, in Christendom, it is in the evangelical world, it's very common that you don't really see people heavily influenced by denominations as much anymore um modern in modern times and as modernity has uh grown over time we've seen that denominations have kind of consolidated uh to the point where now we kind of call them evangelical evangelicalism quote unquote um but a large part of our christian heritage and of Christian heritage in general is really denominations. And although denominations really only came after the Protestant Reformation, they are very influential in the different versions and styles of Christianity that we see today. So first question we're gonna go into is kind of what is a denomination? A denomination is a branch of Christianity that generally has a founder from the past who decided to break away from the Roman Catholic Church and they created their own or reformed, I wouldn't say created, some did create, um, <laughs> some definitely did create, uh, but most went and reformed what they saw were problems in the Roman Catholic Church at the time and they really emphasize going back to scripture, um, scriptural roots, and finding a base for practices, beliefs, and celebrations, etc., in the scripture. So, whenever if you're going down the street, you see a church. Let's say it's a Presbyterian church, or you see a Methodist church, or you see a Baptist church, um, or a even um, uh, Episcopalian church or any church that is not a Catholic, large C Catholic, Roman Catholic church, that is a denomination that most probably had its origins in the Protestant Reformation. Um, these are now you've had different you have different levels of denominations. Some denominations really focused on reason and extrapolating the biblical text. Those That denomination generally you see in the Reformed tradition, um, typically Calvin. Now, obviously, now, the Reformed doesn't only mean John Calvin. Um, he was a Reformer. He's really predominantly responsible for uh, Calvinism, the five points of Calvinism, and the Presbyterian Church. Um, and again, this very reason-based, heavy reason-based extrapolating of biblical um, exegesis. 
but so that's kind of the realm that Calvin developed. Um, others, others kind of they didn't really leave reason. Reason was very important, um, but others really heavily emphasized history and weighing history and previous Christians interpretation of the text with a modern interpretation of the text a good way to think of a good way to think of this is before Americans is think of the Constitution right we have the Constitution and we have different ways of interpreting said Constitution you have some people that say we should interpret the Constitution um, based upon the founders original interpretation you know however they decided to, however, they, in their time period, looked at a certain situation or took a certain problem and when the, and how they addressed it in the Constitution or what they would have been thinking, that's the way that we should be applying it to ourselves in the future. The people or the denominational group that tends to think that way about the Bible are typically your Roman Catholics, your Anglicans, and your Lutherans. Those are kind of the big three, Roman Catholic, Anglican, Lutheran. They're very heavy on that historical application of the Bible. They hold church fathers in very high esteem. Uh, they're very much so, that's, that's the way they think of the scripture. Um, Anglicans specifically, will use a kind of triangle method of interpreting scripture uh, developed by, I believe it was Thomas Cranmer. No, it was not, it was not Cranmer. It was uh, Richard Hooker, and he is in a triangle, and at the top of the, or a pyramid, and at the top of the pyramid, you have um, scripture. Now, and then you have the other, at the bottom end, you have reason, and then you have the other end tradition. Now, scripture is overarching. They're not equal. However, they are all part of the way that we interpret scripture. Obviously, scripture should be taken at face value as it is. And it is, it overwhelmingly outvotes reason and tradition. However, we use reason to understand the text. And we also use tradition or holy tradition, capital T, tradition. Um, to understand what the, to look at how past saints looked at the scriptures and what they concluded and how it should, um, how we should interpret the text based upon their previous interpretation in their time frame. Um, the other group that you have We'll, we'll go back to the Constitution example. Another large group are people who kind of want to modernize the, the text. They typically don't, they don't look too much at the um, founding fathers. It's seen more as like an evolving, uh, evolving understanding. And it's not really held in permanence. Interpretations aren't permanent, if that makes sense. Uh, people, I think in law, it's considered 
you have a strict constitutionists or strict constructionists. I can't remember the proper name for it. Um, and then loose constructionists. And so this kind of like that loose interpretation of the constitution and the, the denominations are kind of function that way with the Bible. Um, I don't really want to call any denomination out. Uh, all Roman Catholics typically do do this in their own way, actually. It's, it's very interesting because Roman Catholics, although they do like to stay in, te- technically stay in the camp of the, you know, strict constructionists, um, they do have a tendency to believe in this evolving understanding of scripture that our original understanding of scripture evolves, which is true to a degree. However, Protestants typically will say that the um, Catholic Church kind of has a, abuses this fact um, for their own benefit, but not to be insulting to other Roman Catholics. Uh, uh, I have Catholic friends, so I mean, they'll probably listen to this and be like, oh, okay, but anyway, um, yeah, so the denominations that typically aren't going to be very heavily looking at the Church Fathers' history, original interpretation, allegory, interpretation of scripture, typically going to be a little bit more modern church, um, church denominations. Um, now, they're the modern version of these denominations. The historical versions of these denominations typically did um, look at the his kind of worst strict constructions like Methodists, Baptists, Presbyterians. Um, however, a lot of your mainline churches that have kind of gone a little more liberal, such as the Episcopalian Church, um, the the PCA. I think, the Presbyterian Church in America, um, the United Methodist Church, those have kind of abandoned the strict constructionist version of the Bible, and they've kind of moved on into a more progressive, allowing culture to influence our understanding of the Bible. And so that's kind of the madness that, that we see. You know, it's, it's, a very, it's, it's very delicate because there's different denominations that are in the same branch, but then they split. So you have a liberal version and like a conservative version, you know, like Anglicans, Episcopalians, and then there's a bunch of different Presbyterians and a bunch of different Methodists, and um, you have liberal Baptists and progressive, um, non-progressive Baptists. It it really goes all over the place. Um, So drifting away from there, we have, you know, a lot of people will probably wonder, which denomination is the correct one. And this is really good with a lot of non-Christians or people who are new Christians coming into the faith. They'll be really confused about which one to pick. Um, And this is where Roman Catholics will say that they have the upper hand, which in a sense I will concede that they do have the upper hand on this particular uh, point is that there's, there, there really is no unity within the denominations. There's, there's no a togetherness, right? If you go to a, a Roman Catholic church, you know, you know, if you see a Roman Catholic cathedral, they're all pretty much going to believe the same thing. They all are required to. They all believe, you know, the Pope and, and, and the papacy. Pope, papacy, I just said the same thing twice. Anyway, they all believe in the papacy, and they 
are working as a cohesive unit together. Uh, Protestant churches don't do that. Protestant churches are very fractured. They split all the time, um, all the time. <laughs> they are, there are multiple versions of multiple versions. Um, and so, again, as a, non, as a non-Christian or a new Christian, it can be very confusing. The rule of thumb is really not anyone is perfectly right. Uh, and that's just humanity, right? We can't, we cannot know perfection like God. And we can do our best. And that is really it. But no denomination really has all the answers perfectly right. Um, now, there are some denominations that will argue and <laughs> say that that's not the case. Roman Catholics will say that. Um, Eastern Orthodox will also say that. Um, but really, you have just a bunch of denominations saying that they're, that they're perfectly right. Uh, Calvinists, which is really a denomination, is really a way of thinking. But um, the Reformed Church, typically Presbyterians, I'm looking at you guys, they'll say that their version is correct with the predestination or double predestination and so on and so forth. Um, so really what I would advise for any non-Christian or new Christian is to just do, really just just go to a church um, and just kind of get your feet in there. Don't commit, don't feel like you have to commit to the denomination because really any denomination is going to teach, we all hold the essentials of the faith. Um, you know, we hold to uh, Jesus Christ is fully God and fully man, and that he died for our sins, rose again on the third day, that we have to trust in him, uh, that we are justified by faith. You know, all the core, the core tenets, the Trinity, pretty much every denomination is unified on that. We'll all agree on the creeds. It, it's not really that much of a difference. Um, and over time, as you attend this church, whatever church you choose, over time, as you develop an understanding of what they place emphasis on, um, is it history, is it the Holy Spirit, is it gifts, is it, is it, is it um, hierarchies, whatever it is, um, as you learn, you can do more research to look it up and understand, and then you can make a definitive decision of what you believe and which denomination that you believe is um, most in line with the way that you think and most in line with your theological conclusions. Now, some people will wonder, well, you know, what about non-denominational? Now, non-denominational is, I don't want to speak bad about non-denominational. I personally think non-denominational is a little fun because non-denom kind of came out of the Baptist movement a little bit. Um, it, it, it kind of, it, it really did. It's not, non-denom, one thing that you'll find with non-denominational churches is every non-denominational, non-denominal, non-denomination, my goodness, I cannot speak, but most of the time what you see with um, a non-denom church is they, they, they lean towards a denomination. They just don't say that they're a denomination. Uh, for instance, I've seen some people who say, oh, I go to a non-denom church. 
but their church practiced very Pentecostal church ideas, very much so uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit with the speaking in tongues and the charismatic movement and stuff like that. There's some that are very, very, very evangelical Baptist type of behavior. Um, others are very mega churchy um, and kind of lean more towards the progressive Christian denomination. So that's the only that's the only reason why I would for a non-Christian or a new Christian I wouldn't advise going to a non-denom just because it's really going to be hard to figure out what they really believe and think um, because it's not like they're gathering all denominations together kind of like what the catacomb does where we're trying to get all the denominations together to hear what they have to say on issues that's not what they're doing they're they're picking the pastor and the leadership is picking and choosing what they want to do and then just running with it. And so you're really not going to know what's going on. Uh, most denominations, they have um, confessional. They're either confessional or the creedal. Confessional means that they have like, kind of like, um, you know, if you're going to go and pledge the allegiance to something and you have like a list of all the things you got to believe, they'll have, that's confessional. They have a specific core set list of values and explicit things that they believe um, that they all have to subscribe to to basically be a part of that denomination and others are creedal. Um, Anglican is one of them where they mostly adhere to the creeds um, and they're not, they don't have a confessional statement. They kind of do, but they kind of don't. Anglicanism is weird. Uh, that, that needs its own episode. But Anyway, that's what I would say about non-denominational. Now, there are some good non-denominational churches out there. Um, I just would not recommend them for new Christians or um, kind of young Christians um, or even, well, a non-believer, if you're trying to go, for a non-believer who's interested in church, I would say go to any church. Um, now, even that has a caveat, and that deserves its own episode. But like I said, we're all really going to teach the basic core unit. Um, that's very, 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 very important. So don't feel like if you know if you're in a place and the only church near you is a non-denom church, don't go. Oh well, can't go there. Like definitely go. <laughs> go just see if you can find something a little bit different. Um, we'll we'll have a little bit. Of a, the next couple episodes, we're going to really be going into different types of churches um, and kind of their history and aspects of them, what's good, what to avoid, etc. Um, so lastly, I would kind of want to talk about a lot of people wonder, they have a, they kind of have a dislike for denominations. In general, uh, especially at the school I go to at Liberty University, um, is very mm, it's a very mega churchy environment. We're not very well, we originally were a Baptist college. Uh, is really more it's kind of embraced that mega church movement. So, and most of your mega churches are very non-denom. So it's it's, it's more non-denom, and so because of that you have a lot of students here who are very, have a very negative outlook on denominations. And so, you know, that kind of raises the question of like, are denominations bad or are they good? 
you know, they kind of treat it like political parties. You know, you'll have people who are at, like, the forward parties, a pretty good example. That's kind of a new party that's coming out that's supposed to be, like, kick the best of both worlds and bring them all together. And, you know, we're avoiding the polarization. We're uniting the church once again. You know, Roman Catholics laughing at this point because they're like, huh, we're just trying to do the same thing. <laughs> um, which they would be right. Uh, so, again, should we care about them? Should we avoid them? Honestly, and I'm not a professional. I, I, this is all my opinion. But honestly, I really think that denominations... Is it unfortunate that the church is split? Yes. For Before the Reformation occurred, the church was united. There were no denominations. There was just one holy catholic church um i won't even say roman catholic church because that uh, i won't i won't say that it was the holy catholic church and catholic just means universal um so it was the holy universal church um we split because of necessary unfortunate events and now we have a bunch of scatters and so is that unfortunate yes it is however I think if I think it would be better for individuals to go into a denomination because a lot of these denominations are very sound and very and have created and grown amazing Christians and saints. Um, you know, the Anglicans produced C.S. Lewis. Um, you have the <coughs> excuse me. You have the Roman Catholics who produced J.R.R. Tolkien. You have the Anglicans who produced um, the uh, Wesley brothers, and you have the Wesley brothers who produced Methodists. Um, so, you, you know, you have, you know, John Calvin. I mean, just, there's just amazing, amazing things that have, that the, that the Holy Spirit has done through denominations. Um, so I don't think we should throw them out the door, especially because non-denom, and the reason why I'm, again, I'll, I'll, I'll I'll hate on non-denom a little bit more. Non-denom has a tendency to not have any kind of historical foundation, and they're very much so, um, there's no root. And they'll argue that the Bible is their root, but those are very few and far in between non-denom churches, from my experience. Um, if someone has different experience, feel free, please email me and let me know, and I could talk about it when I get to the non non episode. Um, but I just think it would be better. I would rather a, a Christian go to a Lutheran church over a non non church um, just because of what the non non, typically mega churches that don't really have a heavy a heavy theological foundation and that can be detrimental to a person's spiritual development in the future. So, but there are very good non-non churches and I, I, the only problem is I just think that they need to be sought after. Um, and that's just the, that's the issue. But other denominations like Presbyterians, Methodists, Anglicans, and Pentecostals, Orthodox, and Lutheran, are these denominations all perfect? No. Um, no, they're not. You know, Baptist, Reformed Baptist? No, no, they're not. 
and every denomination will say that they're correct. You know, so, you know, the the Baptists will say don't don't baptize babies, and and nearly every other denomination will say be baptize babies, and you know you'll have uh, Lutherans that'll um, say that the Lord's Supper is one thing, and then you have Calvinists or, or Presbyterians who say the Lord's Supper is another thing. Not all Presbyterians are Calvinists. I they they originally were, and so I keep messing that my church history is messing my brain up. But all that to say, um, I think it would be better for us to do, use the the good that God has given us to bring the denominations together, to work together, to witness to the world versus fighting each other and sowing discord and causing um, a rift in chaos. That, I think, is better than trying to fight each other and cause a split after split and rifts and ruckuses and and arguing with each other over whether or not, you know, the um, little stuff. Um, on doctrinal issues, obviously, we should really come together and, and figure it out. But on issues that are not key to salvation, I think we should do our best to really focus on witnessing and working with each other to grow the kingdom of God. Because God, you know, Jesus did not not foresee this. I mean, he is not like we messed up his plan. <laughs> I mean, he he was very well aware that the Reformation would happen and that the church would split. And I'm sure that there was a benefit to this that he foreknew. Um, but we are still all united in the fact that we still believe in the core of the doctrine of the Bible, which is that Jesus Christ is man and died on the cross for our sins. And that in order to have our sins forgiven, we must believe on him. And that is... So, yeah, thank you all for listening. Um, uh, this, we're going to try to get some more episodes out over time. We're we're really working on developing podcasts, um, getting the supplies and equipment right now. I'm using my fiance's earbud <laughs> to record this right now on her computer. So, you know, it's a apologize for the audio quality, but... Um, we're going to try to get a, a set schedule out. Um, we're busy a lot, so they won't be out explicitly on time all the time. But we're going to try to get them out to you guys as soon as possible. We're going to try to, we're, we want to try to make it to where we can get um, content on the off weeks, you know, so they won't be full episodes every single um, week. But maybe have some, uh, we may like read through books or have an interview with somebody or, or something like that. So just stay tuned for that. We'll have updates on Instagram and, 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 and follow along and figure that out. Um, we're also going to give music for this eventually. Um, that is going to have to be done by yours truly because I'm going to have to play a tune and put in the beginning. So there's a lot of it. It'll grow. It'll grow. But thank you all for listening and and, and bearing with the problematic <laughs> technicalities and issues. But if you like what we're doing, please 
please uh, follow our Instagram and Twitter and Facebook pages. Um, follow the podcast and on um, wherever you listen to podcasts and follow and subscribe. I cannot speak. <laughs> subscribe to us so you can hear what we have to uh, say and or you can you so you can hear when new episodes are coming out. Um, and really uh, pay attention to our Instagram. We have articles being posted um, every week by different authors and writers. Share us with your friends and feel free to email us at catacombtheology at gmail.com with any questions or article requests or show requests or anything of that nature. And we will be really, we'll be sure to get back to you guys. Um, feel free to send in questions for the episodes. And we will do our best to get to you guys as quickly as possible. So, yeah, thank you all for listening. We will see you all in a couple of weeks. God bless you.